Your home is likely full of stuff. Now just imagine that your folks have passed on and left you all of their stuff. It's a bit overwhelming. Well, there are services to help clear that clutter. They help you keep what's important and assist with maybe a sale. You're listening to Traverse Talks. I'm Sue Ann Ramella, and our guest is Rich Old, who retired from estate sales services. He explains the process of helping families deal with all the stuff and also the mistakes that are often made when you do it yourself, clearing out a relative's home, keeping what you think is valuable but really isn't and often throwing away what really is valuable. So essentially paying for that garbage truck to take away something that really could have been valuable to you. So it's a very interesting conversation. What are some misconceptions that people have when they inherit things? The big misconception is that they have to deal with it all themselves. Because what have you seen when someone calls you up and grandma and grandpa have passed on and they have a 1940s home filled with things? Normally when people call me up, they tell me that grandma and grandpa passed on 18 months previously and they've been getting rid of stuff out of the 1940s home for 18 months and now they're totally exhausted and now they need some help. Whereas if they had just come in, taken what they wanted, and then called for help, they could have been done in two days. So what what people are doing is feeling like they have to do it themselves. They have to do it themselves. These are people who have their hair cut by a barber, they have their taxes done by an accountant, they have a mechanic work on their car, they have a plumber work on the plumbing, but when it comes to dealing with grandma and grandpa stuff, they have to do it themselves which is a total misconception. There are professionals that will take care of it just like the barber will cut your hair. And I have asked people for the last 37 years that I've been in the business, why do you feel like you have to do it yourself? And they say, because it's personal. And I have a hard time reconciling why their hair isn't personal, (laughs) why their taxes aren't personal, et cetera. But for some reason, people feel compelled that they have to do it themselves, even though they have no clue what they're doing. They've never done it before, and so they make lots of mistakes. Yeah, Rich, because it's not just going into a home and putting things on eBay or donating it to the thrift store. The only thing they need to do is find and keep what they want. What do you suppose the first thing people actually do is? order a dumpster. Oh my gosh. People's priority is to start throwing things away. So it's their loved one, their relative, personal stuff that they don't want anybody else to deal with, and yet... They don't know what to do with it, so they throw it away. And my business was started and focused on keeping things out of the dump. And you usually pay them or they pay, like, please explain your business. Like if I called you up and said, my mom passed and I need help. She's got a 3,500 square foot home full of stuff. I would tell them, take everything you want and that's the only thing you need to do. When you're done with that process, call me and I'll come over and we'll look at what's left. And then I call you, I've I've followed your directions, which is very hard for humans to do. I've noticed. (laughs) 
I've taken my photos. I've taken what I think is sentimental, her paintings, yada, yada. And do you think that that's what people take? I don't. I've read some of your stories on the website, but... So what do people take? People look for what they think is valuable. What they think is worth money. Which usually isn't. And why is that? Because they don't know what they're doing. No. Because why? It's because people will keep things that they think are worth money. However, things are not worth money if you keep them. They are only worth money if you sell them. This is why I love you, Rich. (laughs) It's true. So they do the whole process backwards. Here's grandma's bread bowl that grandma made bread dough in every Sunday for as long as they can remember. And they have great memories of it, but it's chipped it's cracked, it's been around forever, so it's not worth any money, so they leave it, and they end up regretting that forever. But they find a $20 gold piece in grandpa's desk drawer that they never saw before in their life, but they keep it because it's worth money. Only it's not worth money because they keep it instead of selling it, and so they end up without the items of sentiment, and they end up without any money. They end up with some object that means nothing to them. My God, our relationship with stuff is so weird. So. In the dump is the sentimental things that should have been kept. And a lot of things that are also of value that should have been sold. I take six loads to the recycling center for every load that I take to the dump, but occasionally I do have to take a load to the dump. And when I was at the dump this last year, while I was unloading my truck, there were three big, beautiful oriental rugs shrink-wrapped with moving tags on them laying on the floor of the scale house. That was the best solution they had for those rugs was to throw them in the dump. I was talking to the lady at the scale house about how the estate that I had been working on had several empty jewel boxes because they'd thrown away the jewelry because, well, that was sentimental. It was moms. We wouldn't want anybody to have that. But they'd kept the jewelry boxes. And she responded by showing me the beautiful gold ring on her finger, which she'd picked up off the floor of the scale house. What do you think needs to happen to educate people this isn't the right way? I don't know, because I've been trying for 37 years and I've failed. Yeah. It's the sort of thing people don't do more than once or twice in their lifetime. They don't know anything about it. When I tell people, you know, I'm on the internet and I'm in the phone book, what else can I do? And they say, well, we didn't even know to look for someone like you. Huh. Is there some sort of confusion between this and something like uh, the Antiques Roadshow, you know, where people think grandma and grandpa have this really expensive item and so throw away the postcards because they're not worth anything, but keep this cuckoo clock and yet the cuckoo clock is worth nothing but those postcards were worth something. Yes. If you think about it, the things most likely to be of value are those things most likely to be thrown away which is why they've become of value, is because they get scarcer and scarcer all the time. I did an estate where hanging from the clothesline was an empty pasteboard box that a bar of soap had come in. Well, why would that not just be garbage? That's the sort of thing people would immediately throw away because it's just an old pasteboard box and it wasn't even very old. On the back of the box was a coupon that you could clip and mail in with three soap wrappers and get a set of inflatable Beatles dolls. Well, now, if you had done that, the set of inflatable Beatles dolls at that point in time was worth about $125. The empty soap box sold on eBay for $285. The person that bought it said, I'm a professional Beatles memorabilia dealer. 
I've never seen one of these, and you don't want to know how much I would have been willing to pay because they were either cut up and sent in for Beatles dolls or they were thrown in the garbage. Wow. An 1890s Winchester calendar advertising an 1890s Winchester rifle is worth more than the 1890s Winchester rifle because people kept those, but they threw away the calendars because who would want an out-of-date calendar? Okay, two things are going through my mind. What a twist. And also, but is this then giving people more permission to keep hoarding everything because it may become a value one day? I don't think people need permission for that. (laughs) I'm Ash, a producer for Traverse Talks with Sue Ann Ramilla. If you like the show, we would love to hear from you. Leave a rating and review wherever you listen. Thank you. In your 30-plus career in estate services, what have you noticed has changed about what people value or becomes, like, hot, you know? When I started... The things that were of value were the things from the baby boomer generation. Basically, America went through some cycles. We had the Depression generation, which was my father, who kept everything, the string savers, because you might need it someday, because they lived with nothing, and so having something was of value to them. And I have done those houses. I had one where I took two truckloads full of plastic grocery bags out of the house. Do you know how many plastic grocery bags you can cram in a truck? <laughs> and having a half a dozen grocery bags makes sense. You might need them, but nobody needs two truckloads, but they can't let go of it. So we went from the Depression era generation to the baby boomer post-World War II generation where it was an affluent society and everybody had to keep up with the Joneses. And they had sterling and they had crystal and they had linens and they entertained. And when I started the business 37 years ago, those items were hot. If I had a good set of Haviland China, that was $500. Now it's $20, take it please. Wow. Because people don't entertain it. Who who do you know that uses fancy table linens and their sterling and their fancy China and their fancy crystal? Doesn't happen anymore and the people that like that kind of stuff are gone. Someone asked me one time, what's the definition of an estate sale? An estate sale is an old person selling a dead person's stuff to another old person. And that is the audience. That's who is buying a lot of this stuff because today's generation, the millennials, don't want all this stuff. They want to spend their money on experiences, travel, food, those sorts of things, and I say more power to them because after a while, what you learn is you don't own the stuff. The stuff owns you. Ooh, I hope that a lot of the people who made the mistakes by doing it themselves figure that out. I mean, that's a lot of effort, sweat, tears, sometimes even blood getting rid of things. Early on in my business, we used to have Goodwill drop boxes on the corners. I did an estate for a guy who told me, he said, when I loaded up my mother's clothes and took them down and threw them in the Goodwill drop box, I felt like I was throwing her body in there because he recognized the clothes as his mom's. They smelled like his mom's. The emotional 
toll of him getting rid of those clothes was tremendous. Whereas if he had been following my prescription, he could have left them hanging in the closet the way he remembered them. It's easy for me to get rid of them. There is no emotional stress involved. But instead, he put the time and the effort and the work and the emotional stress into doing it himself for no gain. Just pain. Um, How can people disassociate themselves from the memory and the thing? It's, It's very difficult to do. But those same things are just things. Yeah. What stuff do you value? When I started the business, I loved stuff. I lived in a house full of stuff, and the business was a way for me to access more stuff. I'm cured. I have a house with bare floors, bare walls. I told someone the other day I have an empty drawer in the kitchen. They didn't believe me. There is very little that I cling to in the way of stuff, mostly photographs, and those are all digitized and on my hard drive, and they don't take up any room at all. How did you get cured? Uh, I think I just got overwhelmed. You know, when, when you spend your life emptying out people's houses full of crap that they never needed in the first place, and you come home and you look at your house, you're thinking, I don't need this stuff either. The, the interesting thing is that I got into this business very honestly in that my father, when he moved to the farm I grew up on, was 23 years old. It was the 23rd place he'd lived, and he'd been through the Depression. So he had never owned anything. So once he got there, he never got rid of anything. And when we were children, literally, the entertainment was going to the county landfill to f- see what we could find not to ever throw anything away, but to see what we could bring home. And we brought home treasures, let me tell you, which were then all stacked up around the barn lot and sat out in the weather and rotted and rusted away. But he had stuff. My mother had a PhD in clothing and textiles and her particular field of expertise was historic costume. And in this case, costume does not mean like on stage, it means what people wear every day. I could hold up an item of clothing and she could tell me what decade it was from. I could hold up a quilt and she could tell me what decade it was from from the fabrics it was made out of. The Leela Old Historic Costume Collection at the University of Idaho is named after my mother. So I had one parent who was an accumulator and the other parent who was a conservationist. And so between the two, stuff and dealing with stuff came naturally to me. And that's how I ended up doing what I do with an emphasis on trying to keep things out of the dump, whether it's preserving them, recycling them, reusing them, something, because I was raised with this ethic of to waste is a sin. And that's why it just breaks my heart when people call me after they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on dumpsters, throwing away things that didn't need to go in the dumpster. Rich, what, would, what advice do you have for people to cure themselves of accumulating stuff? I don't know. I can't keep people from throwing away stuff. I don't know how I can keep them from accumulating stuff. Yeah. And I have literally seen people spend months and years dealing with houses full of stuff. And what do you suppose you get if you leave a house vacant for years while you're figuring out what to do with the small dollars worth of stuff that's in it. You get burglars, you get rodents, you get broken pipes. 
That's what you stand to gain by letting a house sit. One of the stories that I sent you was a house in Moscow where the people collected rare books and manuscripts, and they let the house sit for five years full of rare books and manuscripts until the pipes, which happened in that case to be in the ceiling, broke, and all the rare books and manuscripts were shoveled out into trucks, and there was $60,000 worth of damage to the structure. And they had been paying taxes, utilities, and rent on the place for three years to have all of that happen. It's a bit short-sighted. I feel like Americans are a lot when it comes to these particularly emotionally hard things is short-sighted. Hurry up and get it done instead of... Right. And these are the same people that are hiring a professional for every other aspect of their life except this one. I know. It's so I expect them to want to be their own mortician, you know? Oh, I feel as if this should be subsidized by the government now because there's so many of the older generation with houses full of things and the younger generation is like, I don't want any of it. One of the calls that I get frequently is people saying, you know, we've lived in this house for 50 years and we have all this stuff and we need to get rid of it so our children won't have to deal with it. And I tell them, no, it's your stuff. It's there for a reason. You obviously got some enjoyment out of it. Keep it. When the time comes, your children do not have to deal with it. They only have to keep what they want and call a professional. And if you think getting rid of mom's clothes is difficult, try getting rid of your own stuff. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I could see the attachment there. It is so hard on these people getting rid of things that they've collected, that they enjoy, that they like just to make it easier on their children when it's a wasted effort because there is no inherent burden on the children. If they call a professional. If they just keep what they want and have someone else deal with the stuff that they don't want. Yeah. So what would you recommend a person do to find someone like you? Go to estatesales.net or estatesales.org and Type in your zip code and it will give you a list of companies in your area that perform this service. Contact those companies and what you want to ask for is recent letters of recommendation from clients they have worked for. And you want to talk to those people. And all of that is very doable. So the internet will let you find the companies and then just do your due diligence, ask your questions, and you'll find someone that will meet your needs. And save you time, money, and emotional. Yep. 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 Thank you so much, Rich, for this conversation. It was very insightful. Sometimes it pays to hire a professional, especially when you think about all the time, stress, and money you may waste doing it yourself. Look up estate services in your area, ask questions, and I hope you find someone that lets you take what you want and leave the rest behind. This is Traverse Talks. I'm Sue Ann Ramella.